Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome everyone and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits, as always. As always, before beginning, I'd like to start with giving all thanks, all praises, all honor, and all glory to God the Father our Father who art in heaven, His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our helper and teacher and counselor. Because without them, I am nothing. But because of Christ Jesus, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me, including this podcast, as well as this podcast episode and this podcast series. As always, also, I'd like to take some time out to say thank you once again to each and every one of you for listening, downloading, or sharing. Thank you. I appreciate it. And even to those that just stop by to see what I'm doing. Nevertheless, I give all thanks and all praises once again to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to say thank you to each and every one of you. I would also like to take some time out to extend heartfelt prayers and concern for those who have lost loved ones, as well as those who have lost their homes during, um, I believe it was last weekend or the weekend before that lost their, you know, their homes and those that have lost loved ones in Kentucky and Illinois and whatever other parts of the U.S. where people were affected by these disasters, my heart and prayers definitely go out to you. Um, I know firsthand what it is to experience and to survive a natural disaster. God is good and he is able. At times, especially when you're experiencing that situation and then if you survived and you've left to pick up the pieces of whatever is left of your life or your home, whatever the case may be, the road ahead can look very long, hard, and difficult. But nevertheless, God is able. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond anything that we can ever imagine. And like his word says, he said, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, No no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. So God bless. Where I am at 
the temperature today is currently 54 degrees and it's very cloudy. It's very overcast today. Um, but nevertheless, it is still a good day. Every day we wake up where we are not six feet below, I consider a good day. It's a day we can go forward and make changes to whatever we may have done the day before that we need to improve on, that we need to repent of. So any day above ground is better than any day underground. Okay? So yeah. And actually in my cup, I am sipping on a cup of wild sweet orange tea sweetened with a little bit of Splenda and a little bit of honey. And I also added a bit of apple cider vinegar, fresh lemon juice, along with some ginger and turmeric glycerite, just in case you were interested. The name and title of today's episode is Fasting, Wailing, and Weeping, Sackcloth and Ashes. Today's episode is inspired by the book of Esther, just as this series is inspired by the book of Esther, which is entitled, this name of the series is entitled, For Such a Time as This. And the chapters that will be covered in today's episode will be chapters three and four we will be taking a look at. And of course, this is episode number 080. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage, depending on which part of the world you're at, and join me in a few minutes as we get started. So I'll see you back in a few, right after some announcements. Are you in need of some encouragement? You know, something to give you a little pick-me-up during the day or evening. Well, why not check out the Nuggets of Thankfulness podcast featured on Spreaker.com, Podomatic, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. are listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with yours truly, Arlena. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So yes, yeah, so let's get started. So first up is going to be chapter three. We're going to be covering chapter three, then followed by chapter four. The last time we left off where Vashti, Queen Vashti was disposed and of course um, Esther was crowned as queen. Okay, so let's move forward. So after these things, King Ashesaris promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, 
And he advanced him and set his seat above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman. For so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Then the king's servants who were within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's command? And now it happened when they spoke to him daily and he would not listen to them that they told it to Haman who see whether Mordecai's words would stand. For Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay him homage, Haman was filled with wrath. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had told him of the people of Mordecai. And instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ashesaras, the people of Mordecai. And the first month, which is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ashesaras, they cast pure, which is to cast lots, before Haman, to determine the day and the month, until it fell on the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Ashesaras, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other peoples, and they do not keep the king's laws. Therefore, it is not fitting for the king to let them remain. If it pleases the king, let a decree be made written that they be destroyed and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who do the work to bring it into the king's treasuries. Now that was Esther chapter 3 reading from chapters 1 to chapters 9. Just imagine, Haman was paying 10,000 talents of silver just to have Mordecai and all his people, who were the Jews, destroyed. All because Mordecai refused to pay him homage and bow down to him. And guess what? There are people out there that feel the same way because we don't want to pay them homage or bow down to them. They're plotting to destroy us. They're trying to kill us. They're trying to do whatever they can do. Smear our names, whatever, in order to bring us down. But they're coward. You know, they're afraid to do it alone, just like Haman was. So he sought to cook up a decree in order to get others involved to take down innocent people who did not do anything 
to him or to them. But you know what's kind of ironic here? Imagine Haman, the enemy's son, enemy of the Jews. He paid 10,000 talents of silver just for this to happen into the treasuries. For them to, you know, destroy and plunder the people, the Jews and throughout the provinces. But yet, Judas accepted a mere 30 pieces of silver to betray Christ. The greatest man to ever walk the face of this earth. And not just that alone, the king and savior. 30 pieces of silver. And Haman was willing to pay 10,000 talents of silver. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, so yeah. Another thing that really stands out there for me as well also, where it says that he did not want to destroy them alone. See, he, he, well, he did not want to um, lay hands on Mordecai alone. He mean Mordecai must have company. Like we have a saying back in the Caribbean, misery loves company. So yes, let's get into it. Haman said to the king, if it pleases the king, let a decree be written that they be destroyed. And the they he's speaking about is none other than the Jews, the children of God. He said, I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who do the work to bring it into the king's treasures. And of course, the king then took his signet ring and gave it to Haman, the enemy of the Jews, and sealed the deal. Or so he thought. By the king giving Haman his signet ring, it gave Haman the permission to do whatever it is that he wanted to do with the people, rather the Jews. And in this case, it was putting them to death at an appointed time. And the king told Haman, he said, do to them as seems good to you. In other words, do whatever you want to do with them. Imagine that. Authority being given to an evil man to do whatever he wants to do to God's chosen people. And that goes on even today. The decree of Haman was written into effect on the 13th day of Adar. The decree was sent out to the king's satraps, the governors of each province, and according to its script and to every person in their language or every people in their language. It was written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring. So in other words, it was official. The letters were later sent out into the king's provinces to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews 
both young and old, little children and including women, in one single day to wipe them from the face of this earth, which was to take place on the 13th of the 12th month of the Jewish calendar. They were also given instructions to plunder their possessions and a copy of the document was to be issued as law in every province. It was to be published for all the people that they should be ready for that day. The couriers went out hastened by the king's command and the decree was proclaimed in Shushan, the citadel. Afterwards, the king and Haman sat down to drink. But the city of Shushan was perplexed. Mm. Imagine that. After the deed was done, Haman and the king, who had no idea or no clue what he just did, they sat down to drink and enjoy themselves while the people who this was going to affect, which was the Jews throughout the provinces, including Mordecai, were perplexed. While they were laughing and feasting, the Jews, they were mourning. Mm. And guess what? There are people out there, just like Haman. You have a lot of Hamans that are still around, that carry the spirit of Haman, that are busy feasting, drinking, laughing, while you are perplexed. They're laughing off of your downfall, off of your failures, your mishaps, or the fact that they have traps set for you to conquer you, in whatever form or fashion they might be trying to do so, whether it be physical or in the spiritual. So now we move on to chapter four. And with, this is where Esther agrees to help the Jews. Now, Mordecai mourned when he learned of the evil decree that Haman had written against the Jews. And this was all because he refused to bow down to this demon by the name of Haman. And there are people who hate both you and I for the mere fact that we belong to Jesus Christ and the fact that we refuse to bow, bend down, or pay them homage in whatever evil they may want you or I to do. There have been many times where I have been personally hated, even still, simply because I refused to be part of certain things or situations that did not line up with my upbringing, much less my faith in Christ or God's word. But that's a price that we all will pay as true believers especially if you are taking a stand like Mordecai did, despite everything. And after learning about this evil decree against him and his people, 
The Bible tells us that he put on sackcloth and ashes. Now, according to the Bible dictionary, or maybe I got it from Merriam-Webster, I, I don't remember. But anyway, the breakdown of it is, of course, sackcloth. A coarse, dark fabric made of goat's hair and other materials and was worn as a sign of mourning or repentance. Now, I know many of us of this day probably has never seen a sackcloth. But yeah, I remember when I was living back in Curaçao, in, that's in the Caribbean, the Netherlands, Antilles. I remember as a young girl because my mother's side of the family, her mother and her mother's husband, which would have been her stepfather, they had a big old farm and they had all different types of animals. And he would come home with these bags of sackcloth filled with feed, different types of feed for, the, you know, the various animals that he had. And I remember those sackcloth. And actually, it's kind of like what they wore as a sign of mourning. He went out into the midst of the city. And Mordecai, he cried out loudly. And very bitterly. He went as far as the front of the king's gate. You know, I can only imagine what Haman must have was thinking. After all, here was the very same man who refused to bow down and pay him homage. Now here he was dressed in sackcloth and ashes, weeping bitterly in front of the king's gate. Listen. There are people out there that are right now laughing at you in your predicament. They're laughing at you in your circumstance, not just you, but both you and I. As we weep bitterly. But remember, God is always able. We have people out there that are part of the enemy's camp who hate us, who want to see us suffer and who enjoy watching us or who want us to fail. There are even those out there who want to see you dead as a child of God, just like Haman, enemy of the Jews. Now there was great mourning amongst the Jews in every province where the decree was declared. There was fasting, wailing, and weeping. Many of the Jews laid in sackcloth and ashes. Fasting. The definition is to abstain from food, which was customary among the Jews as a religious duty. Wailing, to express sorrow audibly, make a mournful outcry, prolonged cry, or sound expressing grief or pain. To complain, howl, grieve, lament, or mourn.
weeping, expressing or showing emotion by shedding tears, crying, sobbing, or bawling. When Esther got word, she was deeply distressed. She then sent clothes for Mordecai so that he could change out of the sackcloth. But the Bible tells us that he refused those clothes. And according to the Bible dictionary, distressed, suffering of body or mind, pain, trouble, agony, anguish, misery, torment, torture, or tribulation. Esther then sent Hatak, one of the king's eunuchs, who was appointed to attend to her to find out exactly what was troubling Mordecai. Hadak went and inquired from Mordecai about what was troubling him. And just as Queen Esther had requested him to do, of course, Mordecai opened up and told him everything. He told him about the sum of money that Haman paid into the king's treasures to destroy the Jews, which was, of course, both Mordecai's and Esther's people. He also sent Hadak with a copy of Haman's evil decree that was sealed by the king's signature to destroy the Jews. And he wanted Hadak to explain to the queen that what was about to take place was very detrimental. And he also wanted Hadak to urge her to go to the king and plead on behalf of her people. And of course, at Hadak returned back to Esther with Haman's message. And of course, Esther in return sent word back to Mordecai once again, as well as she sent word to all the king's servants and all the people of the king's provinces, as the Bible tells us. And she says, any man or woman who dared to go into the inner court of the king, if they had not been summoned, would be put to death. Except for the one who the king holds out his golden scepter to. And of course, Esther had not been summoned to the king in the past 30 days. But clearly, she was also afraid for her life. And could you blame her? You know, it, it fears a feeling that does come to all of us. I don't care how strong you are. It comes. The question is, how long are you going to entertain it? And that was the question here. She was making an excuse especially at such a crucial time. And when it comes to the things of God, it is important that we stand up, even if it is unto death. Once Mordecai heard what Esther said, he sent an answer to her. 
And he said, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hmm. Those were some strong and powerful words. You know, because Esther probably figured she was clearly afraid for her life. And you see, that's the difference between her and Vashti. No one had to tell Vashti this. She was like, I'm not, I'm not going, even if it costs me my life. And this is not to take anything away from Queen Esther, because we all have some of these Queen Esther moments, don't care how strong we may be. And then there's some of us, yeah, we just have that, you know, Vashti, like we ain't going. And that's the truth. And he was completely correct. He's, you know, when he said to her, he said, if you remain completely silent, in other words, you just stand there, sit there and don't say anything. I remember when I was a young girl being raised in the Caribbean at that time. My grandmother always used to say, and this is something that I carry with me even to this very day, and I'm almost 50. She would always say, and I'm going to, of course, repeat it in West Indian tongue. If you see something that needs to be done, don't let people have to tell you to do it. If you see something needs to be done, do it. In other words, don't just stand by and do nothing. Whatever that something was. So this is kind of like the same advice that Mordecai is giving Esther. And once again, it says, for if you remain completely silent, you don't say anything. You, you just stand by and allow your people to be slaughtered. You'll be slaughtered with them. And you might also have to answer to the Lord if you don't repent too. But this is the part that really stands out. It says, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. So what, it was, what that piece there was clearly showing me, that even if Esther did not arise, the Lord was going to raise someone up to help his people. So that's the message there. And I know there are times in many of our lives, we, when we are in hard places or we have been in hard places where there were people that could have helped people, maybe in your family, people, maybe who were friends and maybe people who were even in the body of Christ or even in the very same church that could have helped, but they never did. But guess what? God still sent relief and deliverance from someone else or somewhere else in order to help each and every one of us. So that shows you God looks out for his people clearly, clearly, clearly. 
But as humans, yes, we become disappointed when X or Y or Z doesn't help us because you're like, okay, if it was me, I would do it. But one thing I've learned from my brother from another mother, he would always say to me, everybody's not like you. He said, not because you would help do something means someone would do the same for you. And that's something I have learned throughout the years. And I've also learned to forgive those. But also, I've also learned not to be a fool and realize, okay, these people were never really for me. But God always sends someone. He always sends relief and deliverance. So clearly, even if Esther remained completely silent, the Lord was going to raise someone up, whoever else after Esther was willing to stand up. He was going to send someone to provide that relief and deliverance for his people from somewhere else. But her father's household would have perished, including herself. And then, of course, the, the icing on the cake is when Mordecai tells her, yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's just like, yet, who knows for whoever stood by when, you know, they refused to help you or whatever the case. Maybe that was your time that God was using, would have used you to bless that person. And you would have gotten a greater blessing, but maybe that person missed the blessing. And of course, he sent someone else from another place to bring relief and deliverance. And the blessing went to them instead. But God always looks out for us. So that's why it is important indeed that we do keep our eye focused and centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we must look to the heaven because, you know, that's where our help comes from. Psalm 121. And once again, Esther sent word back to Mordecai. She said, go gather all the Jews who are present, she said, in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. She said, my maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king. Riches against the law. And she said, Ooh, and if I perish, I perish. That's what I'm talking about. Boy, she got her gusto. But you see, Mordecai had to put the fire under her. And that was, that's the difference between the two women. They were both queens, both beautiful. One was disposed because she refused to be humiliated and paraded like a piece of meat. And she just stood right up. She didn't care at what cost, whether it was her life or her crown. The other one needed a little encouragement, but once she got it, that was it. And that's what makes Esther history. Great history. She stood up and she, she got that fire. And she was like, if I perish, I perish. And sometimes you got to be like that. Mish, you know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Same thing. Daniel in the lion's den, same thing. 
Better yet, Peter, when he was about to be crucified, he said, turn me upside down. I'm not fit enough to be crucified like my master. And he was crucified upside down. Paul was beheaded. And the list could go on. But guess what? Christ cried out in the garden. He begged the Lord, take this cup from me. But in the end he said, may thy will be done. And he did the hardest work of all. He set the example so that Peter could have been turned upside down. He could have been asked to turn upside down. Mm, yeah. Mordecai knew exactly what to say to her to get her to move. Because indeed, had she remained silent, her and her entire father's household would have perished. And God indeed would have raised up another to do what she was supposed to have done. We are currently in extremely serious times on the face of this earth. Every day as we look around us, we can see wars, false prophets, pestilence, lovers of themselves and money, persecution, earthquakes, tornadoes, and many other things that the Bible speaks about. And slowly every day as we, you know, we look around as believers in the body of Christ, we are seeing our rights being taken away from us right in front of our very own eyes. You know, depending on where you're at, we can't even gather together for worship. Or you have to, you know, or in order for you to gather, you have to, you, you know what, and you have to get, you know what, in order to gather at some of these places, these churches. If the church continues to remain silent, we also will lose all of our rights. But not just our rights, but also the rights of our children. Then eventually it's going to be our homes, our finances, and eventually our lives. And just like Queen Esther, just as God chose her for such a time as she was in, he has done the very same thing for those of us today that are called by the Lord and those of us who call ourselves believers in the body of Christ. You don't have to have a title to stand up. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be prophet, so-and-so, doctor, so-and-so. No. You just got to be a child of the living God. We're all called to minister even where we're at. You don't have to be in a pulpit to minister. You don't have to be on television. You don't have to be on YouTube. You don't have to be behind a mic like me. But I got called to the mic. So, hey, you know. But my my first history in love is one-on-one. -on -one. And to this day, that is still my favorite. It will always be my favorite. It will always be my favorite. You know, it is our duty to stand up and, and fight. And we can do this through fasting, through praying, interceding for others, and speaking up for our rights. Yeah, you're going to be hated, even by some of those that are in the church. But most importantly, we got to stand up for our beliefs, which comes through Christ Jesus, who died for our sins. He stood up for us. He died for us. 
Have you ever been blamed for something you didn't do? Do you know what that feels like? It's painful. Well, guess what? Christ took all our sins and he bore them. And he didn't just bear them, he died for them in order that we can have a a life, a chance at salvation and being reconnected to the Father through Christ Jesus and what was done at Calvary. There are many leaders out there who are silent when it comes to the true things of God, while our Hamans, the enemy of the church, are setting their wheels in motion to take away our rights, and pretty soon it's going to be our lives if we are not careful. And just like Mordecai said to Esther, do not think for one minute in your heart that you will escape and you fill in the blanks. At least you won't on the day of judgment. So that's the end of chapters three and four. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving your only begotten Son to die and drink from the cup of suffering on my behalf. Thank you, Lord, for being our guide, our provider, protector, and the preserver of our lives through Christ Jesus, who died. For our sins. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So now it is time for our quote of the episode, and this episode's quote reads Success isn't measured by what you do at the top. It's how high you bounce when you hit bottom. And that is by none other than General George S. Patton. Once again, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. Okay. I pray that this episode, this podcast, And this series have been a blessing to you. And if this episode, this podcast, or this episode or series has been a blessing to you, please feel free to share it with others. Share the gospel. It doesn't cost anything. I don't make money, you know, from you sharing it. I don't. I'm not getting rich. Trust me. I promise you. I do this because God has called me to it. And there are many days I want to hang up this microphone, at least on this end. And many days I pray and I'm like, Lord, I want to, you know, I would like to, you know, I don't see it going anywhere. I'd like to, you know, there are other things that I'd like to do. And I ask, do I continue? Or do I just, you know, just hang it up 
because there's other things that I'd like to do. I really, you know, I'm already doing other things and it's, it's a bit. But I did not call myself to this. Because had I called myself to this, I would have been, you know, I'd have hung this up a long time ago. But the Lord is the one that called me to it. So I can't just relieve myself from it unless I ask for permission. And I was like, Lord, has the season come? And apparently, the word was, work, I am with you. Yeah. And so I continue. Please feel free to subscribe to the Words of Encouragement podcast if you choose to do so on iTunes.com, Spreaker.com, Podomatic.com, and everywhere that podcasts can be heard. It can also be found on Google Podcasts, CastBox, Player FM, Podacy, Podtail, and Deezer. And you can also feel free to like, share, and subscribe on either one of those above-mentioned platforms. Also, please feel free to check out my other podcast, the Nuggets of Thankfulness podcast, which is a devotional podcast, which is also featured on Spreaker.com, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere that podcast can be heard. If you'd like, you can simply drop me a line at arlenaflanders01 at gmail.com. You can also check out my blog at www.arlenaflanders.wordpress.com. I have not written on that blog in a while. But there's some great articles on there um, on the lives of Corey Ten Boom. Um, I think Elizabeth Elliott is one of them as well. And Amy, oh Lord, what's her name? Jesus help me. I can't even think right now. Um, I can't remember her name right now. I just got a lot on my brain. Please forgive me. But nonetheless, I look forward to being with you on another episode of The Words of encouragement podcasts and um, starting in 2022 I definitely look forward to getting back to the blog to blogging um, a little more depending on my schedule so yeah so remember that as long as there is life it is never too late to accept Christ what are you waiting on won't you come now be blessed and see you in the next episode